Kiddushin Daf Pe. The last thing we were discussing, the Mishnah at the bottom of Ayin Tet Amudibet explained to us that if a person went with his wife overseas, came back with children, he doesn't have to bring any proof. Not on the wife, not on the children, but if she died, he has to bring proof for the children. If he claims he married a woman overseas, then he has to bring proof that she was kosher or lineage, and he doesn't have to bring any proof for the children. But if he says he got married and he had children, and then the wife died, then he has to bring proof for the woman and that these were her children. And we explained the way to bring proof that these were her children is to find out if they were following this woman, then you know that these were her children. And with that, we're going to start Ayin Tet Amud Bet, last line, last three words, where it says Amarish Lakish, and now we're on the top of Pe Amud Aleph. So Amarish Lakish, Lo Shanu Ela Hagebul. We rely on the children following this mother, that they're her children, only with Teruma that's eaten outside of Yerushalayim. Meaning, not high-level Kodashim, lower-level Kiddushim. Aval Beyu Hasin, when it comes to lineage, let's say he has daughters, he wants to marry them off to Kwanim. Look, we are not going to rely on the fact that these girls were following this mother and that's going to be the children. That's where she explains it to Sfot, says, now, if you let them eat Terumad, then they're allowed to marry the, the best levels of Kohanim. We don't have to worry about their lineage. It's it's only in regards to killing them. Let's say they did an Isurut Arayot, do we say that they were really Kohanim or not Kohanot? What, what's the story? Then over there we have to be lenient. So again, Resh Lakish holds that if we see these children following this mom, we could say that they're Kohanim in regards to eating terumah outside of the Beit HaMikdash area, but not to lineage. Even when it comes to lineage, you could trust a father if their children were following this mother. Rabbi Yohanan goes with his reasoning that he relies on Hazakah. Malkin ala hazakot. We give makot based on a hazaka. Soklin vesorfin ala hazakot. We stone and we burn based on a hazaka. Ve'en sorfin teruma ala hazakot. But we don't burn teruma based on a hazaka. And the Gemara explains. Malkin ala hazat hazakot. We give makot over a hazaka. Kerav Yehuda. The Amar of Yehuda. Hazaka nida b'shchinotah. If a woman was established as an Ida between her neighbors, meaning they could see her undergarments that she's an Ida. Then Bala Aleha Mishum Nida. That if her husband was with her, if there's proof that her husband was with her and they warned him and whatever it is, then they give him Makot because she's an Ida. Meaning we don't need proof of her being Ida. All we need is a Hazaka. She's a Hazaka that she's an Ida. And that's good enough to get Makot. Now, what about Sokhlin Visorfina Allah Hazakot? What about uh, stoning and burning uh, people for Hazakot? Let's say we have a man and a woman and, and children, a little boy, a little girl, they're all growing up together as a family. And then we found out that the, the, the boy was with uh, the, this older lady who we always thought was his mother. They get sekila for something like that. And if the father was with the little girl, with the little girl who we assumed is his daughter, they, get, uh, they burn for something like that. And like Beritba explains also the opposite way. We also say when it comes to inheritance that these are the children, these are the parents. And Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Pazi, Amar Bishab ben Levi, Mishum bar Kapara, Maaser Bisha Shabbat Yerushalayim v'Tinok Murkav Laaker Tefa. There was a story with a woman coming to Yerushalayim, and she was holding her ch- her child on her shoulder. Ve'higdilato, and she raised him. Uba alehan, and then they were together. Ve'viyum lebetim uskalum, and they brought them to betin, and they stoned them. 
Lo mipneshe bena avadai. Not because uh, we knew one hundred percent that that's her son. Ela mipneshe karuka haraya. But we stunned him because he was going after her. Meaning, she raised him, she fed him, he walked, uh, holding her hand all these years, and then they were together. Then we could only assume we have a strong presumption of hazaka. This is her child, and when they were together, we stoned. Now the ensorfin teruma la hazakot. Why don't we burn teruma based on hazakah? The Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish sorfin la hazakot. Rish Lakish says that we burn based on hazakah. Let's say we have this uh, regular child. This child is, uh, is he has a hazakah of being tame. Why? Because children have a hazakah. They like uh, playing with the trash and finding uh, different things over there. And maybe they touched a rodent of some sort that is dead and maybe they become tameh and now they're touching the teruma. So if a child touches teruma, then okay, this child has a hazaka that he played in the trash and he's tameh and he probably touched something tameh and he probably touched teruma. So it's like he says we burn. Rabbi Yohanan Omer and Sorfin. Rabbi Yohanan says we don't burn, rather we're just tole. We just wait there in the hanging in the balance, meaning we don't burn it, we don't eat it. By the way, there's an interesting mahluk at how to learn what's going on with this child. According to Rashi, we're not sure if this child is Tameh or not. Did he touch the, the dead rodent or not? But most Rishonim, Tosfot, Ramban, Ran, Meiri, they'll hold that the child is for sure Tameh because he for sure touches all these different things. And they hold a different woman. Some of them are Nidot, they're, they're holding him, kissing him. So the safek here is if he touched this uh, th- this dough over here, is this dough tameh or not? And that's why according to Rabbi Yohanan, you don't burn but you don't eat. Now, now Rabbi Yohanan and Rish Lakish, they go by their reasoning, the tenan. The case is a child is next to a big piece of dough and he's holding a piece of dough in his hand. Rabbi Meir Metahir. Rabbi Meir says that this dough is tahor. Because a child usually picks through the trash, probably touched something tameh. Now he's touching the, this dough. It's probably tameh. But we asked the question. What's Rabbi Meir's reason? Because the math goes as follows. Majority of children touch uh, the, 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 the trash, and some of them don't. And the dough has a hazaka of tahara. So you have some children that are tahor. You have uh, this uh, dough which has a hazaka of tahor. So now you have semoch mi'uta la hazaka. We're going to add this mi'ut, this minority of clean children. We're going to add that to the hazaka of the dough. And itra And the majority has been lessened. Or the majority of children who are tameh have been weakened. Rashi explains the mahluk between Rabbi Meir and Hachamim that according to Rabbi Meir, that whenever there is a majority and there's a minority, we still have to worry about the minority. We have to take it into account. And therefore, if there's a hazaka one way and a majority another way, but there's a minority that you could add to the hazaka, we knock off the majority. We weaken it. Now they hold this minority, it doesn't even exist. It's majority versus hazaka. Majority versus hazaka. We got to go with the majority. And that's why they're saying that everything is tameh. And Amarish Lakish Mishum Rabbi Yoshaya Zohi Shesorfin Alea Teruma. And Rish Lakish explained that that's the reason we burn the Teruma. 
And Rabbi Yohanan Amar, Enzo Hazaka Shesrofin Alet Teruma. And Rabbi Yohanan says, No, that's not a Hazaka. That's not strong enough of a Hazaka to burn Teruma for. Meaning, when Hachamim said the word Metamin, it's only meaning we're going to hang over there. We're not going to burn. We're not going to eat it. We're just going to hang over there. So, Ella. So, okay, Rabbi Yohanan, there has to be a, a, a hazaka that we burn Tiruma for. What is it? Keditanan, like the following Mishnah. Or really, it's supposed to say Keditanya because it's a Braita. Isa betochabait, if there's a dough in the house, if there's a big piece of dough in the house, ushratsimus fardaim metapelin sham. And you have different rodents and frogs in the house. Now, remember, the, the only rodents that are metameh. It's the eight rodents that are mentioned in Parashat Shemini. If they're dead and, and they touched anything, okay, that's a Tum'at Sheretz. So here you have Sheratzim, you have uh, some of these rodents, and you also have frogs. Frogs are not one of these rodents. Now we see pieces of these dead rodents in the dough. And I don't know if they're from the the eight rodents or from the other ones from the frogs for example i don't know is it tame is it not tame if it's from the frog it's not tame if it's from the other uh, rodents then let's say it was a mouse a rat uh, whatever it is uh, a lizard then it is tame imarov shiratsim tamea so if the ha- the house has majority of the eight rodents in the house then we're going to have to say that uh, the, this uh, dough is tame if the majority is frogs and they're not from the eight rodents, then the sado is tehora. So if the majority were tame rodents, then you would burn according to Rabbi Yohanan. Tanya kavate de Rabbi Yohanan, we have Raita like Rabbi Yohanan, Shinidvarim and Bahim Dati Sha'el. There's two things that we can't even find out. We can't ask around if it is tame or not. Hachamim made it as if it's something that we know for sure. It's as if it's something that we can ask about. The question is, how strong is the safek? If the safek is so strong, we can't even ask, then we wouldn't even be able to be metamet in Rishut HaYahid. It wouldn't even be a safek tuman Rishut HaYahid, which is usually tameh. And Hachamim made it as if it's a strong safek, and we would be metamet if it was in Rishut HaYahid. And what are those two things? Tinok the child, and one more. Tinok We just mentioned the case where the, the child is next to a piece of dough. He's holding a piece of dough, and we're going to say that they're both tameh. What's the other one? You have a piece of dough on table in a house, and you also have you know chickens and roosters and uh, in the house, and you have tameh water in the house. So you have these three things in the house all next to each other. And we found little pecks that look like the size of a uh, the chicken mouth in the in the dough. Now remember, in order to make this dough tameh, it has to become wet with one of the seven liquids. One of them is worse. That's why we have to say tameh water over here. And by the way, it doesn't necessarily have to be chickens. It could be any animal, but we're just using chickens. So let's say you come back and you see the, this dough has uh, signs that a, a chicken pecked over here. Tolin, we have to be careful. We don't eat this teruma, we don't burn it. Now... If we're saying they have the same deen, and over here it's saying that, oh, we're tolim, where we're just hanging in the balance, no burning, no eating, then we have to say the same thing with the child, no burning, no eating either. 
Amar Bishra ben Levi, lo shenu ele bemashkim levanim. When did we say that we have to worry and not burn, not eat? That's when the then when the liquid was something clear, was something white. So meaning that there's no way of finding out did it first go to the liquid and then go to the dough. Let's say it was something red. Let's say it was wine. Im If we know it went to the wine first and the tamei wine and then went to the dough. We would be able to see it. And if we don't see it, it's probably Tahor. But maybe the wine you know, went, it was absorbed into the dough and now we can't see it anymore. Maybe it really is Tameh. Rabbi Yohanan explained, this halacha, the Beribi means a great rabbi, that was Rabbi Yohanan who brought this halacha. He heard this, but he never he never heard the explanation. That's why he just said red liquid. But he still has a problem because maybe they were absorbed into the dough. What he really meant to say was Lo shanu What he was really trying to say was we only have to worry that maybe the liquid was absorbed into the dough if it's clear liquid where we're worried that maybe went into the dough. Let's say it was dew, it was water, it was oil, something that we can't see and it went in. But if it's dirty or if it's something colorful that uh, that won't technically be absorbed into the dough and we could see it, then we don't have to worry that it was absorbed and it doesn't have the rules of tolin. Next, Mishnah. A person should not seclude himself with two women, and all the more so if it's one woman. The idea is because you know they have light-headedness and they could uh, be seduced to do an avira together. We're not worried that one woman will be embarrassed of the other woman. It's very easy for two, the two women to be seduced together, and one will do an avira in front of the other, and the other one will try to cover for her. But one woman can seclude herself with two men because each man is embarrassed of the other. He doesn't want to do an avira in front of the other. Rabbi Shimon holds, a person can seclude himself with two women if one of them is his wife. He could even sleep in, let's say, a hotel room. Why? Because his wife is protecting him. A person is allowed to seclude himself with his mother, with his daughter. He could even sleep next to them. Meaning you don't need something blocking in between them. Once they got older, once the son got older, the daughter got older. They each have to be wearing clothing when sleeping next to each other. And the Gemara starts, My Tama, what's the reason a man should not seclude himself with a woman? Tana de There's a sefer called Tana de Beliyau. It's what Eliyahu and Avi taught Rav Anan. He's explained over there, Ho'il v'nashim da'atan kalot alihin. Women are lightheaded and they could easily be seduced to sin one in front of the other. How do we know that? How do we have a hint that you're not allowed to seclude yourself with a woman from the Torah? It says this is in regards to someone seducing someone to do an Avodah Zarah. 
If your brother from your mother seduces you to do an avira, what you tell me only a brother from a mother seduces not a brother from a father? Rather, the idea is to teach you that ben It's coming to teach me that a son is allowed to seclude himself with his mother, but not with any other arayot in the Torah. And that's the source that one is not allowed to seclude himself with one of the arayot, one of the relatives that he's not allowed to be with. The prohibition of secluding oneself with a single woman, that came afterwards during David Amilah's time when the whole story with Amnon forcing his way with Tamar. And secluding oneself with someone not Jewish, that's already from the time of Hillel and Shammai. There was their Gzerah. So now, the Gemara has a question. Pashtet dikra That pasuk, what, what's the, in the simple form, what's that talking about? It's talking in a not just way. Meaning, not just the father's son. Let's say the, the, the father has two wives and the, the brother from the other mother you could always say that you know if your brother your stepbrother he has different mothers you could always say that they hate each other different mothers and he maybe gives him bad advice don't uh, seclude yourself with him and he'll teach you how to do it don't listen to him but even if your brother's from the same mother you don't hate each other maybe you should listen to him maybe he's giving you good advice kamash malan the pasuk comes to say, don't listen to me there. So according to Abayah, the, pas- the pshat of the pasuk is, not just the br- the brother from the father don't listen, but even the brother from the mother don't listen. So nema matnitin deloka abashaul. It sounds like our Mishnah is not like abashaul. Our Mishnah said a man cannot seclude himself with two women. The Tanya, we have a Baita, a child died. Kol shel oshim yom, the first 30 days. If a child died with less than 30 days old, He is carried out in a chest, meaning that you don't need a coffin, you don't need anything else, just to carry him as is and bury him. There's three people. They could even be one woman, two men. But, not, but there shouldn't be one man, two women. That's Yehud. You can even have one man, two women. And even though it's secluded area of the cemetery, you don't have to worry because, and you see that Abba Shaul argues against the Mishnah. The Gemara says, no, you can even say Mishnah is like Abba Shaul. At the time of Aninut, when a child is dead and have to bury him and everyone is sad, the is broken and we're not worried anyone's going to sin. Why is a living person complaining, a man crying over his sins? Meaning, even in the time of Itonin, Aninut, when a person is in mourning, he's sad, still his Yetzer goes over him and he has to worry about Navira. So, when one man and two women go to the cemetery, we still have to worry about Navira. He'll tell you, No, that Pasuk is someone who's complaining about what's going on in his life. This is what the Pasuk is saying. Why is a person complaining about what's going on with him? Did he overpower himself and not do Averot? He for sure did, and he deserves it. Hashem is saying, He's lucky I let him live. They'll tell you, 
Listen, the reason we don't hold like Kaaba Shalom, we are worrying that one person will do an Avera with two women, even at the cemetery, because because there was a story with that woman who walked out of that child, and it was a fake story, because she went out with two men, and she went to go do an Avera, because of that we have to worry. That was Rashid's Perush, Tosfot brings a different story, he brings it in the name of Rah, that the story was, a woman was in the cemetery crying by her husband's grave, and at the same time, there was uh, an officer who, from the from the king from the government who was watching over this person who has been hanged, and he saw the woman and he seduced her, and they were together. By the time they came back, someone took the dead body. Now he was supposed to be watching the dead body, the hanging body, and didn't know what to do. And the woman said, "Okay, why don't you just take out my husband's uh, body out from the grave and just hang him over there? We'll say that's the person." And that's the reason Rabbanan were Mahmir. Next, we learned in the Mishnah Val Isha Hat, but one woman could be could seclude herself with two men. Now that's only if they're normal kosher Jews. If they're known to be not modest people, then Then even if there's ten men, it's still Asur. And And there was a story where 10 men took out this woman as if they were going to bury her, and they ended up doing an avira with her. She ended up coming out of the bed, and uh, they, they did avira with her. So you see that if there's 10 men and they're immodest, you still have to be careful and they're not allowed to seclude. And Amal of Yosef, Teda, you should just know. Rabbi Yosef says, you should just know. This leniency of two men doesn't apply when the people are not good, because... Sometimes you have 10 people stealing one piece of wood and no one's embarrassed of the other, meaning they're all sitting next to each other and nobody's embarrassed. So you see, if they're immodest, you have to be careful. And Nema Messiah, it sounds like we have a Mishnah that helps Rav Yudah in the name of Rav because it says in regards to a man walking with his wife to Yerushalayim. A man thought his wife was Mizaneh, she's a Sota, he warned her, and now he's bringing her to Yerushalayim. So the Betin of that town sends them off with two Tamidah Chachamim. Why? Because they might be together on the way, and then the water won't check her out. Now, it sounds like Tamidah Chachamim in, only Tamidah Chachamim, in Chedam, regular people, lo. because we're worried when it, uh, that they might do Navira, even if there's 10 people. Agma says, no. Shani Tamidah Chachamim, No, the reason we're sending Tamidah Chachamim because they know how to warn him, they know the halachot, they know what's specifically supposed to be happening. They want to make sure that they're not together on the way, because if they were, then the water wouldn't check her anymore, and we're raising Hashem's name for no reason. And Amarav Yudah, Amarav, Lo Shanu El Ba'ir. When, do, when did we say that a woman is allowed to be with two men? That's only in the city of Al-Baderech, Achiu Shelosha. But if, it, if they're walking on the way, then you need three people. Why Because let's say one of them needs to go to the bathroom. And what ends up happening is the other person is secluded himself with this woman. So they're all, I mean, just imagine they're on the highway, to, uh, the three of them. One of them has to go to the bathroom, then they're left alone. That's why you need three. So now, Nehma Messiah, it sounds like we have a better to help review. Again, the same one. That we send the, the man walking with his wife to Sotat Yerushalayim, we send with two Tamidah Hachamim, in order so this way he, uh, he, won't, uh, be, he won't be with her on the way. 
Hatilata, it sounds like two Tamid Hachamim plus him, that's three and her. So that, that's the same rule as Ravida Amarav. And the says, no, there's different. Hatam, it has nothing to do with seclusion, Yehud, rather it's Kehechi Denehevu Alesa, that we want witnesses on him in case he is with her. We want to make sure everything is done properly, so this way we don't erase Hashem's name for no reason. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Le'olam, Amen, Ve'amen.